you have arrived. Your samples phenomenal. Kirk Cousins had a good year. Quavo gets cooking. The way the top 25 is looking right now, dude, there's twice as many Big East teams ranked in the AP than Big Ten teams. And you know what's weird about that is I have pulled up that, like, a rankings by conference, the Big Ten is third. The Big East is fifth behind the Mountain West. And, obvi- and then you obviously go Big 12, SEC, first two. But, like, so then does that mean just that the middle of the Big Ten, which is, like, kind of ran- like garbage teams, like, not very good, but, like, also not terrible, like, that puts them over the top of some high-powered Big East. You know what I mean? Like, just – it's more like qu- quantity over quality type of thing in the Big Ten, I feel like, this year. And one of the – they have two teams ranked in the – AP top 25 right now, one of which is Maryland coming in at 21, <laughs> who's a solid team. I mean, shit, they're they're 16 and one at home. Very impressive. But they just they just got the doors blown off from by Ohio State. Yeah. Yesterday. And <laughs> Ohio State is kind of playing the role of like a like a Wisconsin and Big Ten football that is never just kind of when it gets down to it, down the stretch, they're just playing spoiler a little bit. Yeah. You know, they're, you yeah. don't fear them, but they might spoil something. Yeah, The most team impressive that, team yeah. outside of Purdue, from what I've seen, is fucking Northwestern, who's looked I know. very good against the best that the Big Ten has to offer, which is as surprising as anything I think this year has been the play of Northwestern. Yeah, they – Last year, um, they lose what's his face, uh, Ryan Young to Duke, and the other kid Nance to North Carolina. So you lose your two. I they weren't the because Bowie's the best player, but two starters on a team that had made has made the tournament once in a hundred years or whatever it is, and it, it it had been five years. So it's not like those guys were still there. You know, I don't know, may, maybe like Audis or. Some of those guys were on that last tournament team, but you're losing two starters on a team that needs guys. And dude, it's been a hell of a coaching year by Collins. Unbelievable. He should, him and I don't know, he he should be up there for coach of the year. I think that's, it's tough to do, but. 100% with the crop that you're getting in Evanston, Illinois, going into what's supposed to be really like the fourth year third or fourth season where the big 10 is almost far and away the best conference. Like since the ACC is kind of tapered off a bit, the most exciting outs the, the, we have the big 12 and obviously the Baylor and Kansas teams that have won it the last two years, but for much of the season for the better part of four seasons. Now the big 10 has been the most exciting, most kind of storied, conference in college basketball the last three seasons i would say with yeah. the surge of illinois purdue indiana stayed good ohio state said some really good well, teams especially, in there with Liddell. especially the regular season the regular yeah, season, the regular season. Is always so exciting yeah, yeah that's and with with that kind of staying true this year obviously a team like ohio state wasn't going to be as good no liddell 
Um, not just as good a roster that top kid to bottom. Ran him, ran him to the Spurs too. He was true fret or one and done. But yeah, for sure. But with kind of thinking, you know, this is going to be for really the third season in a row, confidently, the Big 12 and the Big 10 being must-see TV for four months. The second best team in the Big 10 is Northwestern this year. And I know it's kind of the same thing that Big 10 truthers say in in football where you know one of the top teams that's not Ohio State drops one to like an Indiana or a Wisconsin that's down is oh well it's they just kind of eat each other because they get in these dog fights that is predominantly what happens in Big 10 football but in Big 10 basketball those it, the season's long enough where those things kind of level out you know and then by February, end of February, the teams that are legit kind of establish themselves. We've seen it with U of I. Yeah, they might drop the one to Maryland or like Northwestern, whatever it is. But by the time the conference tournament's coming around, you know that they're probably a top 10 team in the country. We haven't seen that from anyone except Purdue because they might have the best player in the country right now. But yeah. It is it is insane to see and Northwestern took them down, but to see a Big Ten how the Big Ten has played out, I think to me has been more surprising than the ACC being dog shit and or the Big East being having being more top heavy than it has been in years past with without Villanova being a real key player. That's usually their you know their prize fighter. For sure. Yeah, I, I would say it's more so like, I don't know, I agree that with the Big Ten that nobody's like kind of established themselves this year like Purdue, but like I feel like that's kind of like the overall theme in college basketball this year where you got, you got Indiana who beats Purdue at Purdue, in-state rival, massive game, go home on Tuesday and get blown out by Iowa, like by 25 points. Like nothing makes you, – you string together three wins, you're like, oh, here comes whoever. Here comes Iowa establishing themselves. They might be cream of the crop this year. And then they just – and then the team drops two, two, three straight. Even Purdue, Purdue's lost two or two in a row or whatever it is, right? It's, it's re- really strange this year, which makes me – like when it comes time to March, it's going to be damn near impossible to be picking these games because it's just – the amount of parity is unbelievable this year. There's no, there's no Baylor. There's no Gonzaga. There's no, none of that this year at all. <laughs> I do don't you know. Think, do you think Houston is, and I guess their record aside, just what you see and how they play is similar. I think they have more offense, but is similar to their style of play when they've been really successful the last few years, but are they the closest thing? I know they're number one, so this might be a, dumb question but are they the closest that you would say is the team like last year's Kansas or Baylor of two years ago or is it someone else yeah I would say for sure but it's it's also tough because I don't know Houston's never getting these like primetime spots where I don't I can't see them that as as much see them play so it's hard it's hard for me to completely buy in I know they have every metric in the world that's just 
Houston's great. And those metrics are trustworthy a lot of the time, which they're the number one team for a reason too. But it's, it's hard though. I feel like, whereas you could obviously say the same thing about Gonzaga teams of the past, but those Gonzaga teams had, you know, Jalen Suggs and Chad, like on NBA top four, top five picks, you know, I don't, this Houston team doesn't have that. There's no, that guy or that couple of guys. So I don't, but they're a phenomenal basketball team together. So we'll see. I, that's kind of been the difference. I feel like where some of these dominant teams of the past have that one or two, just surefire NBA players, you know? Yeah. I'd say, I mean, do you, where do you see Sasser going? He'll, he'll be a first rounder. Is he? I, I don't even know. I haven't been paying attention much to mocks this year, honestly, because Me like, the Bulls don't even have a pick. So I, I, you know what I mean? But um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sasser is like those, look at, look at Quentin Grimes. He was kind of iffy shooter. He but was the guy. De- yeah. Defend his balls off. Cause that's Houston's system. And now he's a starter on the Knicks who are good this year or damn near a starter. He plays a lot. So any of those guys you could see fitting into that role. I, I for sure think so. Yeah. But it just depends I, on the fit. It depends on it, the spot. It depends on who drafts them. There has been more day-to-day parity, I think, even then. I think we've had very wide fields the last few years, even with having, you know, in the same year, having an insane Gonzaga team and an insane Baylor team where – I think those might be the two best college basketball teams I've ever watched in the same field, but I think there was more, more squads that could give trouble to, you know, the big fish, but I think there's more day-to-day parity in perfect example, right? The like Kansas state and TCU this year are both phenomenal teams, very scary teams, but so they're up, and then you see perfect example is Baylor, Kansas, a couple Saturdays ago. It looks like Baylor, you know, the two last natty, natty champions going up against each other, facing off heavyweight fight, and Baylor looks like they said, you know, we're still, I think we're the best team in the country this year. I know you're the reigning champs. Come out swinging, look phenomenal. Then Kansas wins by 15. Yeah, after, they were do- after getting dominated. 13 at half and one by 15. <laughs> yeah, Whatever and like that is a microcosm of how these conferences have played out this year where that's, that's a half-to-half comparison. But we're seeing that every team is capable of getting dogged and yeah. also dogging anyone else because Baylor yeah. – that first half, Baylor looked like no one could touch them. Like any other, any team in the country you put on that floor in that first half is not keeping it within 10 points the way that they played. Plus, they have the experience with, I think, four guys from that national championship team, at least three are contributing regularly. Yeah. And you have Kansas, who is returning a lot of their guys, plus adding the two time player of the year, Grady Dick. So they look like they might still be the favorite. And then Kansas State goes and it's like, wow, they can't handle Kansas State. But it's like, well, Kansas State might be legit. TCU might be legit. So I I really don't know where to go in these conference tournaments. 
um, as far as who really is the favorite coming out of the the Big 12. We've seen each team get dominated at points. Like dominate dominant teams, normally you don't see get handled in the way that some of these teams have gotten handled this year. Purdue, Kansas, Baylor, it's happened to all of them. So I'm very interested for this conference conference championship conference tournament season and like i in years past i think it was like okay baylor's gonna win the big 12 this year kansas gonna win the big 12 this year it's either gonna be ohio state or u of i they're the two best teams i i don't think there's a conference that's really telling that to me right now like i don't i don't know which conference i would say i'm most confident in who is going to be their conference champion so yeah, to go along with, the, with UConn, the team, maybe in the Big East, I think would be yeah. if I had to take. And still, I think on a given night, Creighton could handle them. Alabama, maybe. Yeah, but I would like just to go like the theme. Obviously, we've been talking about it, like nobody knows what the hell is going to happen. So that makes me think like going into these conference tournaments. I, well, even I, from like a betting perspective too, you could if you're looking on like futures and whatnot you could almost look at some of these like forgotten teams that, you know, like, Oh, this, if Purdue gets upset, like, and cause you know, we've obviously seen the whole season, anything can happen. There's no, Oh, Alabama is guaranteed to win the like anything like that. So you're, you're looking at a team like, Oh, I like, for example, I don't know, Michigan state or something in the big 10 turn or like team teams along that lot, like level of play. They that's like got a chip on their bo- shoulder too. borderline tournament teams kind of th- stuff like that you know what i mean but like solid teams teams in the eight eight nine ten line of the tournament i could see any like what one of those teams for any of these power six conference tournaments just going on a run and pulling it out because like you said anything can like creighton or any, any of these teams i don't know and i know it it might sound like I don't know, kind of hack that we're saying that because obviously anything does happen in college basketball every single year. That's why the tournament is the tournament. That's why it's March Madness. But I just think in such like a, when you kind of bring in the scope and kind of put the lens closer on these games, there's no... There's no distinguishing unit that has set themselves apart like the Baylor offense of two years ago or like last year's Kansas offense or even that Houston defense or that Virginia defense. Because in years past, it's like, okay, well, yeah, say Virginia dropped a couple games, maybe they lost to a Notre Dame or a Pitt, but you know that on – you know, the next game that they're going to hold the team to 50 points and they're going to win because they're going to score 55 or 60. And if Baylor drops one, they're going to go hang 85 the next night. Like I'm not that confident in anyone to do that. I mean, to go along with the conference, how these conferences might shape out in the tournament. We saw a, we saw the worst team maybe in power six two years ago in all of the power six win their conference tournament in Oregon state, who was a miserable team all season long. Yeah. 
And then they go, not all, they go and make the elite eight after winning <laughs> yeah, their conference for tournament. no reason. <laughs> Take down Cade Cunningham in the round of thirty-two on the back of Ethan Thompson. Ethan yeah. Thompson, like I'm looking at not obviously Oregon State because you could never actually predict that that's going to happen. But I love that that kind of maybe five through eight range in these conferences to maybe take their conference title. Like even a team that might need it for the auto bid. Yeah. So who I'm trying to think who a bubble team. Who That's a, a danger to win. Their... In, yeah. Like. I don't know. I was thinking. You know who um who's been my team this year is Penn State. Dude, I've I've bet on them so much. And but even even like watching their games, they got they're I'm looking at Kempom right now. Penn State's uh 14th best offense in the whole country. And you know, and they're sitting on like the the 10th or 11th seed in the Big Ten. So it's just there's there's you can find like value in some of these random teams, I feel like. I don't know. How about like NC State winning the ACC or something. Yeah. Or Michigan winning the Big Ten. It's it's completely wide open where you throw out any of those teams and you're not saying like, oh, you're an idiot. That's never going to happen. It, it's like, oh, well, maybe, you know. <laughs> well, even, I mean, a team that we've talked as much as anyone on this podcast historically, Illinois, is sitting at seventh in the Big Ten right now. I think outside of Purdue – they have as good a shot as, as as anyone to making a run to their conference championship. And if they drop these last, I mean, they're, they're up two right now on Michigan and then they have Purdue on Sunday. If they drop these two that puts them 19 and 12. Not, I mean, I don't know where that puts them. I don't think it's on the bubble. I think you're looking at maybe yeah. a nine, maybe a nine. Yeah. I would seed. say like a nine or a 10 seed. Right. Because then, because then you obviously factor in another loss in the bit unless they they're the team that wins it. So you're sitting at probably like a twenty and thirteen team. But there's there's going to be there's so many of those teams this year though. Whereas like oh twenty and thirteen, like oh geez, like that's years past, like your ass kind of a thing. Like right, enjoy and the some, NIT. And twenty and thirteen. Let's use that for example. A twenty and thirteen team. They are not like the variation in talent and prowess between 20 and 13 teams is unbelievable. Like you get a 20 and 13 team that doesn't scare you at all. And you're not worried about them at all. And then you see a 20 and 13 team that you're kind of fucking worried about. Yeah. Well, that, that plays into the hand of, this when the committee's doing this seeding, dude, some of these top seeds are just going to get absolutely fucked. Where you're getting like Kentucky on like the eight, you know what I mean? Like yeah. In Illinois, Kentucky. So one one of these rant like it's always can, it's been Kentucky that have dude. underperformed. It's yeah. always Kentucky when they're not like a top three seed that absolutely fucks over a team that was brilliant all year and then has to play eight seed Kentucky in the second round. And Wichita it's usually State. it's usually like uh yeah some some smaller Wichita like State Saint, goes undefeated to like the, yeah Wichita State goes what like undefeated regular season 
and then has to play a stacked Kentucky team that just underperformed for in conference. Like that's not fair, but yeah. that's the way their record deemed them uh, an eight seed. It was probably pretty fucking bush league move by the bracket builder that they were in the, you know, you put the best eight seed in to play the best one seed, you know, the number one overall seed in the second round. Yeah. It's kind of, I don't know how I feel about that, but like a 19 and 11 Creighton team, where do they slot in? Dude, I, I don't know, but I love this Creighton team this year. I, I know. I could That's easily I see them going to the damn Final Four. I don't – I depending on these matchups, I've I've seen so many of these teams play, and just Creighton on on the offensive end especially just stands out to me. Like, that. that's a team that is just Forty built Berger to win against in March. Georgetown last year. They beat them by – last night, last night. Oh, yeah. But then, yeah, I fucking bet on them on Saturday and – get smoked by Villanova but that's that's besides the point <laughs> they um, got Creighton they got Creighton on Saturday or Creighton has the Paul on Saturday excuse me so that's a win solid solid draw to end the season on and the regular yeah. season on a high note yeah just uh, get, getting get, Georgia get some shots or up. <laughs> Georgetown and DePaul closing it out so looking at 20 and 11 Creighton team say they win the first two games of the Big East tournament 22 and 12 Creighton team six seven maybe seven seed. yeah right now on Ken Palm they're they're 14 but like the committee I feel like the NCAA committee they're not put I they don't put these 12 lost teams ahead of like it's it's a big it's a big loss column thing as kind of like how the football the playoff committee works too I I you rarely see like a Kentucky with 12 losses ahead of like a 23 and six San Diego state team. You know what I mean? Or r- r- random teams like that, or like a Xavier team with seven losses or something like that. Or so a then, Michigan so, so, team last year with 12 losses, 17 and 12 getting into the turn. Do you remember yeah. how that kept playing out? It was like, you know, one more loss and they got to be out of it. And then they'd lose. And it was just, <laughs> yeah. they, they just repeated. They're like, I think if this Michigan team loses one more game, they're not making this tournament. And then they'd lose another game. And it's like, you know, if this Michigan team loses one more game, they might be out of it. It's like, well, how many more do they have to fucking lose? And then, and then didn't they, didn't they lose to Indiana like first round of the big 10 tournament or something? And then like still got in, it was something like yeah, that. <laughs> they got, they got bounced like immediately. Yeah. No, no, but, they didn't. Yeah, they got bounced immediately in the Big Ten tournament, but then they make the yeah. NCAA and and then they're like, oh, they should have been it. it. I, I, I've always disagreed with that notion. Like, if you have a 500 team that has is more talented than a team that's 10 games over 500, just because if you match those two teams up, the 500 team on paper might beat that team that's 10 games over doesn't mean that they deserve to make to play in that game you know what I mean because what you have to do to deserve to play in that game is win games so if you're not winning games you can't I mean it's it's getting off topic but it's kind of like with the White Sox you know it's like well we can't keep saying that we have this 
great lineup and great staff. And if, if we're healthy, like if we were in it and we we're, we put the healthy Sox team in there, we'd stir things up. It's like, well, we need to win more games yeah. because, you know, you can't get last year was, it was like a professional courtesy to Juwan Howard to put the fucking Wolverines in the tournament. Like, and it's been it's been almost like the same thing this year too. Yeah, <laughs> but the the thing is, it's is played out so similarly. So many other teams that are like that, where they're they're they've kind of gone under the radar like that, you know. Yeah, but so let's go, comp. Let's go, Power Six, Big East, Big East champ. I'm riding Creighton. Give me Creighton. I'm gonna go UConn. Okay. UConn, I I've always loved Andre Jackson since two years ago. Um when he was a freshman. I remember seeing him. I'd never seen him play, and I thought he had to be a junior the way he played. <laughs> yeah. Um he's listed as a guard, which is crazy. I, he is a true forward, but I think they're so well-rounded, like a lot of UConn teams in the past. They have the tournament experience, and they can – their athleticism getting up and down the court is almost – is probably the best in the Big East, and I, I don't even think that that's their biggest strong suit because I think manned up they're on just, defense. They're just a, well, a really good, well-rounded basketball team. dude. Like You, you can't find flaws, really. Like they get out and run and they'll outrun you and they win games like that. But when you're matching up Jackson and Sonogo, I they'll beat you on the defensive side of the ball. So that's my that's who I'm taking out of the big east. Um what seed are they looking at? They're UConn will be probably a two. They're five on Kempom right now, and they also check the boxes of they're ninth offense and 21st defense. So they're possible natty. What, what is that? Ken Palm said it's like whatever top 25 in both or something like that. It's something along those lines. Yeah. If you're, if you're top, whatever in both categories has been the last X amount of national champs or something like that. So we're not know. even, what, whatever we haven't is. even mentioned, we've talked a decent amount of amount about the big East and we haven't even talked about the, the regular season champ. Marquette. Marquette. Yeah, I know. Crazy. They're, under the radar team too, but they're just dominant offensively. And isn't that crazy that they're under the radar and they're 24 and six, you know, yeah. just been winning everything. Like I think it has to do a lot with the name of your school um, under the radar, you know, like Gonzaga can't go under the radar, even though you kind of forget about them just because they're going to win every game. Yeah. And they're there every year. But I was watching that Marquette game last night they're a lot i think the thing about the big east is they all play a similar brand of basketball yeah for sure and so them and creighton i can't really distinguish between in their style of play i think those they're almost interchangeable i think if you match them up 10 times they're both taking five Yeah. yeah i could i i agree with that honestly but Marquette will be – they're looking at a two seed, true yeah, two seed. probably. 
really, I, I don't even think it matters what they do in the conference conference tournament. I think they could lose their first game 24 and seven with a regular season title. And really, I mean, the record is deserved. And I feel like this where there's so many, te- so many good teams have a lot more losses than usual. I think they're almost confirmed a two seed at this point. Then you have a team yeah. Providence who um, Fenwick. Uh, what's his, what's the kid's name? Fucking the Fenwick kid. There's a, there's a kid. on Bryce Hopkins. He went Bryce to Fenwick. Hopkins. Yeah. I didn't know that. He's on, yeah. He's on Providence. Um, they're a good squad too. And again, yeah, fucking, I Ed Cooley's an unbelievable coach. Yeah, he is. They just win every year with with a with a ragtag crew. They win like twenty games in the Big East every year. Speaking of ragtag, maybe the most ragtag head of all time. Ed Cooley. Oh yeah, Ed Cooley. I know he's got he's got a carpet up. That's there. like a that's like a slur for Ed Cooley. Ragtag, the splotchy <laughs> head. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. So I to me they've been the most interesting conference overall. And the big or the Big Twelve is better, but they've been more interesting to me. Seeing Marquette win like their first Big East championship, I think their first unanimous Big Twelve or Big East championship. Well, great! I didn't even great storyline. I like that they're. I like that they're the best team in the in the Midwest right now. Yeah, no, it's it's cool to see especially one that's close to home for us too, a a mid-major that's never, they don't got the talent. Usually they're not, they're not fighting, getting these Zion Williamson type kids, but they're just solid basketball. And that's, that's the theme of the, of the big East, honestly, is they're not, they're not getting the number one player in the country ever is is never going to Creighton or, you know what I mean? If if they have a top player, it's going to be at Villanova. You know, if yeah, they have a exactly. top five or top 10 kid, he's going to be at Villanova. I'm trying to, th- or UConn, maybe. Maybe. Outside of those but two, you're drawing a from a very select pool where recruiting is everything. It's a testament to, to all those teams' coaching staffs. And yeah, development. I, I, would, I would agree that, or I would say that. It's such a different way of building a team, the Big East, in as opposed to virtually every other conference. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Where it's like ND, where you, you know, we're getting, we got now like our first McDonald's All-American ever or whatever, but you, the only way that you're going to actually compete for a meaningful end of your season is by developing kids. So when they're seniors, they can go and, and win a couple games in the tournament. Because you can't you can't be a Duke and bring in RJ Barrett, Zion, and Cam Reddish and just have those three guys bring you to an automatic Elite Eight, you know? Yeah. So that's yeah, exactly with that off the table, it's I think I think that's why we see so many tournaments play out the way they do, is because those kind of teams, like those just stacked with McDonald's all Americans. They haven't run into a team like that. You know, you're running into a, a team that just has a system that works and you get frustrated because you've never had to deal with that. When you were in high school, you're just throwing everything down, doing whatever the fuck you want. 
a lot of your a lot of your season you're kind of doing that too and then you get into a tournament where it's a winner go home and you're playing you're playing a Creighton that you're like holy fuck they're just spreading it out hitting 40% from deep and there's 5 minutes left and you're down 7 so yeah what the exactly. fuck happened and yeah we're playing solid ass defense yeah that's yeah, kind of no, been the that's, is, why... that's kind of been the Izzo uh way not a lot of his teams have had you know top 10 recruits on them and you got Cassius Winston leading a little hunchback chubby point guard leading Michigan State teams to elite eights yeah to beat to beat fucking Zion with Joey Hauser the best Duke, the best Duke team ever probably mm-hmm. that that Zion team is probably the best Duke team ever or up there at least but but that's why yeah, I mean that was the, the most insane, insane class. Definitely the best class a, I mean, a team has ever gotten young, by a mile. We're young, but that Zion season might be the best college basketball season I've ever seen. Honestly, he was unstoppable, unstoppably dominant. <laughs> it feels like that feels like such a fever dream. To I know. Zion at Duke. Freshman year. It doesn't even feel but, real. Like I feel like it was just it went from me watching him on Fridays on like hoop mixtape on YouTube, watching him throw down like 360 full mills against a bunch of five foot ten scrawny white kids to sitting out games in the NBA. And I'm yeah. like, oh wait, he did that four months at Duke and got a great education. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's well, what well, Zion's well, remembered also, for. Yeah. Getting a yeah, great semester long education his, his his speech his speech in in public speaking class is like goes down in history and duke is like the greatest speech of all time or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they almost lost to ucf that year too i know that was a phenomenal but game if that backboard if it falls a little differently off that backboard then we're looking at perhaps the most loaded roster in college basketball history going down and to johnny dawkins second, yeah. <laughs> and uh <laughs> Taco, Taco Fall. Fall. I'd say that Houston, the uh fly fly slam jamma is up there, kind of a similar yeah, squad. For sure. With Drexler and Elijah on. Yeah, that's yeah, two two NBA like top 20 players ever. Just finding <laughs> Elijah on overseas, like playing soccer in some on some farm. And then hey, you. like, hey, yeah. you want to come be the best center of all time? <laughs> Yeah. Hey, yeah. I know you're 20. I know you're 26, but no one else knows that. Come play college basketball against 18 year olds. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty fun. I guess on to, well, I'll move to the Big 12 just because. Would you agree that's the best conference in the yeah. in the country? I mean, fucking Texas Tech just took Kansas to the wire the other day. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's nuts. Yeah, it might not even be close. We have Kansas who reigning champ didn't really skip a beat 25 and 5 15 and 1 at at uh at home then you have Kansas State who dude like it's so weird with Kansas State has years where they are miserable i think 2 years ago they lost like a NAIA school um in the regular season and then they come out and they look they look like they could be a one seed the way they've yeah. been playing the last month and a half and Keontae Johnson died. Probably, what? He he literally like died like last year or something at Florida. You didn't know that? No, yeah, he he was the one yeah. that um 
like dropped and went then, down yeah and then got resuscitated now he's just le- leading some like random team in <laughs> the middle of america to like a two seed <laughs> yeah i think we was that did we come to the consensus that it might be kansas state would be the last power five school you'd want to head to if you're a recruit with an yeah option i don't to go know anywhere Rutgers has got to be up there at least you're close to New York. Yeah, I I don't even know how how close is it though. <laughs> like, I don't know I don't know the East geography well, but yeah, I I don't know Oregon State's definitely up there, but the weather's probably pretty nice over there. <laughs> what did we say? Maybe, maybe it might have been Kansas State. I don't remember though. Yeah, all, all if all listeners, you got Minnesota to, uh, was a, I think even Minnesota is a non. Yeah, like yeah, that's got to be up there. Not being the secondary school, like being the main school. That might be the worst, like main state school in yeah. the Power Five. Yeah, definitely. It's easily, it's definitely up there. But to to refer to what we're talking about, it's just like the most, the worst school that, like, just bad at athletics, like not not a great education that you would just that you think of when assuming you're of Power Five colleges. Yeah, assuming you're you have a full ride to go to any Power Five school and play whatever sport it is you want. I guess we'd have to set aside, like if Minnesota had like the best fencing program, yeah. you know? So like, if you're, if you're thinking to yourself when you're hearing that question and you happen to be a fencer, you know, then you'd go to Minnesota, but that, that aside, I would probably say Kansas state. Yeah. Cause it, at least in Minnesota, I just thought of there, there aren't there hockey teams usually pretty sick. Like that'd be, yeah, Kansas State. Yeah, you know, nothing. I don't know how Nebraska good, like, maybe those other weird schools in Minnesota. I feel like are always better. Like, is it St. Cloud State or something like bad, that? Bad, bad State. It's like number yeah, one Bemidji. in the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know, but yeah, that was that was off topic a little bit, but yeah, they're Minnesota's not uh, not giving many troubles this year. It's seven and twenty. No. Yeah, they're losing the Rutgers right now, too. So, yeah. So, uh, I guess back to uh, the Big 12. Um, when you have a Kansas State team and a TCU team who is, I mean, TCU went and almost beat an Arizona team last year who we could get into soon following that heartbreaker on Saturday with one of the best shots you'll ever see. Um, that was probably game of the year. Yeah. Wasn't able to watch the whole thing, but just the way the way it played out might be game of the year. Especially especially in a rivalry too. Rivalry away, hitting a three quarter court shot at the buzzer against a top seven team in the country. Doesn't get much better than that. But when you have a TCU team who came kind of out of nowhere, who was kind of getting trampled by a lot of the Big 12 last year. And then the Blumpkin himself leads you to almost take down the one seed Arizona last year. They come back and put together a very, very strong and impressive campaign. So you're adding Kansas State and TCU to a field that has already been maybe the best conference in college basketball with Kansas, Baylor, Texas. Oklahoma's down, but you know what I mean. Texas, the, Texas Tech usually, yeah, and, yeah, and exactly. Tech has yeah. gone to a couple of final four, elite eight, final four. 
Yeah. So you're adding two more teams that are kind of, I think, better than those spots. They're in the top in, tier of college basketball for sure. Those, yeah, those spots, those like three through six in the Big 12 are so much better than the three through six in any other conference. And it's not yeah. even close. Yeah, absolutely. Like where Texas is what slating in at, at six right now in the in the, in the big conference 12. rankings. Yeah. And, and they're 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 tenth in Kenpom in the whole country. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, no, it's 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 nuts. The conference is just what wire to wire, dude. West Virginia is 17 13, and they're 19th in Ken Palm in the, in the country. It's all yeah, these Texas teams is are... fourth, like Texas is fourth, so a little higher, um, than, than what I was saying there. But, um, the sentiment remains the same, like Texas Tech, West Virginia, both at the bottom, both in the bottom half of their conference, but very good teams. Like I think both those teams are top five in every other conference that they're playing. If they played in. Yeah, dude, if they played in the ACC, they're like borderline, like a one seed. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, yeah. Just absolutely annihilating like the likes of Georgia tech. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone could beat Georgia tech except Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. Shout jo- out Mike Josh Gray Ken- though. On on a great career, um, I'll never forget that first year in the ACC. I think a lot of teams because that was the that was peak ACC when Louisville was out there as a top team in the country. Kentucky, you had basically four teams in the conference that were consistently top three teams in the entire. Virginia was was a one seed every year. Virginia, Virginia, Duke, North Carolina, and Louisville. Those yeah. teams at the same time were consistently in the top ten. And dude, and Florida State was amazing back then. Too. Yeah, Florida State had some great teams. I mean, they, they sent, they were sending so many top ten picks. I mean, they still yeah, and, they still are. They're sending. They sent two six men in the top ten picks two years in a row, which is yeah. Of course, yeah. we 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 Scotty Barnes, <laughs> Scotty Barnes, and um, Pat, Pat Williams. Williams, but that. That in and of itself is ridiculous. Neither of them started just one and done and go to the league as, as like a top pick in the draft. Yeah. But yeah, that was when the ACC was the top the top conference and it wasn't particularly close. Notre Dame comes in their first year and goes, I think it was Louisville, Duke, North Carolina in consecutive nights and takes the ACC, wins it. Yeah. One of my yeah, favorite that, that memories. Was- that was the year that Duke won it all. They beat Jalil Okafor and the national championship Duke team in the semifinals mm-hmm. of that ACC tournament and then beat North Carolina in the final. <laughs> Just taking down the two. Yeah, Bonzi went for like college- 30 and 15 against them during the regular season. Yeah, he was like bodying like Kennedy Meeks, who's like five inches taller than him and just yeah, putting like 25 probably on Probably more. Him. But yeah. um, I'll, I'll, those two magical Elite Eight runs that um, – could have been final four runs. And I think I think if uh just one little thing goes differently in that Kentucky game, Mike Bray gets a lot more national credit, even though it doesn't make that much of a difference in the big picture. But 
I I'm happy he's done so he can go drink himself to death. Got yeah, to that bed, was he closed out the bar yeah, last he, night. He South is a, he's a legend, and you can tell by the way the rest of the conference is treating him. Like he's getting a nice little tour. Not yeah, a Coach K tour, sure. but he was one of Coach K's little uh from the Coach K coaching tree. Yeah, one 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 of his cronies. <laughs> his posse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but shout out Mike Bray. Not exactly a high note to end on, but I guess it's nice getting your third conference win of the year hey, in March and, hey, and calling they, it a career. They haven't haven't played the ACC tournament yet. Never know. But, yeah, well, I guess so. It's March. It's March. The Irish. The, on the eighth eighth year anniversary of that that magical ACC tournament run, we just go back. Yeah, or it wouldn't be. Or it wouldn't they, be. They I mean, to lose to like three and thirty Louisville in the first round or something like that. That could. Easily well, it, it, too, so. if there's one conference that you want to play in as a team that's down and out with only an auto bid left, it's the ACC. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, I just want to give him a little shout out because I always like Mike Bray, hell of a coach. Always did more with less. And I think if, if I think if he had the at the had the job at a bigger market basketball program, it's quite possible he has a national championship. So well he he has he technically has some at Duke, I'm pretty sure. Showed but showed loyalty too to Notre Dame. Yeah, but it, that was ridiculous him saying he had never been to backers. Like, oh yeah, I know. I, I think that I think what he meant was he was never there when everyone else was because he was there yeah. at like 10 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Well, one, one o'clock on a Wednesday after practice or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, after just like quick, get the kids, give them a little speech, go down, watch a little film. And while they're watching film, just dip, dip out real quick and get some vodka and vodkas. Yeah. Uh... Okay, so if we'll finish up with... um the or we'll finish up on the big 12 who is the scariest team in the big 12 and who's taking the turn the the conference scariest team kansas i'm gonna say texas wins it i feel like they're a little bit under i don't know i haven't looked at the odds because they haven't released the odds yet because saturday i'm sure yeah. it'll be everything will be released on sunday but it'll be interesting i'll have to look around but i i've i like texas we'll see yeah, Texas has kind of slowed down from where they were, I think, after a month, month and a half into the season, dropping yeah, some like Iowa State. Chris, and... Chris Beard. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They're they they don't they're with their interim coach, but a lot of miscreants in college basketball this year, dude. Yeah, there is, for sure. I wonder if uh Chris Beard recruited what's his name? Uh Brandon Miller. Yeah, Brandon Miller probably did. I absolutely did. <laughs> and then we got fucking um, Jalen Carter as well. Yeah, I know. Which is a crazy story. Uh, biggest story this week by far. Um, dude, I just a quick one on that. There's – so the kid that died had a BAC at like four times the legal limit or something like that when – when they brought him in yeah if it, it i know th- like the way alcohol works is not like with other drugs where it's in and out you know 
So mm-hmm. plus just how long it's been since that happened and with this now coming out. But dude, if you're if you're trying to tell me that 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 kid and Jalen Carter just mutually decided to go drag racing while only one of them was hammered. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? I, yeah, for sure. So Wasn't it like after the natty too, like they're just they're definitely hammered. It's that's it, Bennett. Well, after Stets or Stets and Bennett went out and started fighting cops, and Jalen Carter yeah. just took out a Wrangler and dr- drunk drag raced. So I think that while it might the legality of it might, you know, you couldn't you couldn't now be like, yeah, he was also drunk because you know you couldn't really yeah substantiate that but it's a terrible situation it's also incredible like just about the dumbest thing you can do is like drag race hammered like clearly drag race hammered and being a top five pick yeah so (laughs) i made the joke that it doesn't make sense that it came out now. It would have made much more sense if it came out a week after the Bears drafted him. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. So I'm glad it happened first because in a lot of other universes, the Bears take him like second overall. And no, then this we, comes we out. don't trade out and draft him number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it yeah, comes but, out. Yeah, but Chris Beard, piece of shit, he's gone. Um Probably wishing they still had uh, Shaka Smart at the helm, yeah. uh, who's got the got a that two seed and Mark Cut. He left. No, I know, uh, but he he's a hell of a coach, dude. He wins everywhere he goes. Yeah, except in but March. I I think Texas could. Texas has been kind of the same team for a couple of years now, where they've kind of been on the outside looking in of the top team in the conference, top two or three teams in the conference, but as dangerous as anyone. Yeah. I, I tend to think that like I, I ride with Baylor and I think Baylor is going to kind of tighten things up on the defensive end, which they've struggled the last couple of weeks. And I think they take it. And I think they get, I think if they win the conference championship, I think they get a one. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's the ones. I I mean, I depends guess on how the I, other conference tournaments play out. If, if Kansas loses to Baylor in the Kansas still gets the nod over Baylor. But. Yeah. So who who's the four ones right now? Kansas, Alabama, in, Houston, and probably Alabama, UCLA. Houston. Yeah. So I'm trying to think what would have to happen for if Baylor runs the table here, if it's possible for them. UCLA is, would be the probably the most likely out. But I don't, I don't even know. Baylor's got eight losses, though. That's not I, – I don't see them – like, just in retrospect. Do they have Kansas eight? Has, yeah, Kansas has five, Houston has two, UCLA has four, and Bama has four. Okay, so I, all right. Ba- okay. Baylor doesn't really have a path to one. I would say at most be like a, a two sneak in. I was thinking like they were like 21 and six for some reason. And I thought it was possible with a six, but yeah, not with eight. So their, their ceiling's probably a, a three, a two to a three, I would think. Yeah. If they run the table, they might get the nod at two. 
Yeah. Anything else? I think they slot three or four, no matter what happens from here on out. Yeah, for sure. But I, I, I think Baylor and I think second to them, dude, I've been watching a lot of Kansas state and dude, they are so fucking physical and they are so fast that they almost remind me of a Baylor, like last year's Baylor team. Not, not the Baylor team from two years ago where their guard play was just the best in the country and no one can match up to that. But I think they have a chance to run, run the table and win the big 12 as well. And I guess it's easy to like leave out Kansas because they're the favorite, you know, just to not take the, the hot pick, but obviously Kansas, Kansas is probably the most talented team in the country. I don't think that's, I don't even think it's that much of a debate. I think they're the most talented team in the country. Head and shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not debating it. <laughs> I think all they do is win. So you've talked a lot in recent weeks, and we can we can finish here, but you've talked a lot in recent weeks about building your futures portfolio, which yes. sounds I have, very I have funny. Quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds very funny to put it in terms that it's like a financial advisor, you know? Yeah. Talking to a a consummate professional about wealth management. But let's talk the future portfolio. Give me four futures that there's value that you'd like right now ahead of the conference tournaments going into the NCA tourney. So you're saying um, teams who I think have value to win their conference tournament or teams that I think have value to win it all. Both. I'm Um, sure there's some overlap. Yeah. I already mentioned them. Michigan State is definitely going to be probably sixth best odds to win the Big Ten tournament. I think whatever their seeding ends up to be, I think they're going to have – Solid value. They're playing well right now. And obviously with the whole tragedy and whatnot, they have some, something to play for too. Um, who else? Let's hope the gun, the, the Florida or the Michigan state gunman, it doesn't come back as that was also Brandon Miller's gun. Yeah. Can you imagine? That would, every, that would every, every gun was just been passed out by <laughs> Brandon Miller in this country. He's, he's Sam Hurd, except just an arms dealer. um who else i had i have indiana at 50 to 1 to win it all and that number i'm sure is probably down i would imagine probably in like the 35 to 40 range but i still see that team with xavier johnson coming back and hutchafino is the electric freshman and they have the all world center as being a team that is built to win in March. I think they could make a run. So I think they had probably have. You didn't even mention the wild card, Mark. Oh, uh, race Thompson. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The goat. There's only one race Thompson, everyone. He happens to play for the Indiana Hoosiers. Yeah, exactly. But it's also like looking if just in conference tournament aside, and if you're looking at a future, this year, especially, you you look at these one seeds that one the ones and twos that lose on a weekly basis or biweekly basis, and you're like, all right. So, for example, I don't know what their seeds can be, but like a Creighton, you slot them in as a six or a seven. 
you're like, yeah, I could see Creighton beating Tennessee or whoever the two, you know what I mean? Where you're getting, if you got a team and you have money on them and they're in the, you get them to the sweet 16, the elite eight in a field, maybe as wide open as possible this year as, as ever that's, that's going to be value. I for sure. So picking like throwing your money on Houston and any of those top teams, I don't think is, is smart this year, but. I agree. So that's, I only like, gave you, I, I only gave you two. I, I could that's fine. think some more. Do, do you got any? Yeah. So I like I liked your last point because two years ago I was ripping futures on Baylor because I thought there was no way that they could lose even, even with a stacked Gonzaga team. So that's where any value, like you don't even need value to make that bet. If you're yeah. it, from what you've seen on the court, like the the product that Baylor's putting out, that really isn't the case with anyone. I think maybe maybe you just lay one on Kansas to repeat, if anything. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of these a lot of these top teams, there's not much value on it's because they're the top team, but they're not a dominant top team. I also have been thinking because I know you've uh, like to this, this whole point about the, the futures portfolio. God, it sounds so funny to me, but <laughs> like, I'm wondering if there's more value if you wait for the bracket to come out on like a team like Creighton, where based on their region, they might go from 40 to one to 50 to one. You know yeah, what I mean? If they get put in with, like Alabama I bet you yeah. like or the favorite is Houston I guess so if they get put in with Houston so if they're slotted to play like a Kansas or a Houston in the in the sweet 16 versus getting a weaker region UCLA maybe yeah right like if if they're in in UCLA's region their value would go down from right now if you took them right yeah, now. For sure. Because they have a better shot at taking out the top seed in that region. So I guess it, it, it's give and take. But but if you're I looking think... for me, I would say if you're looking at a team to take in the next before selection Sunday, you want a team that you're confident in is going to show out well in their conference tournament where they would even improve their seed line and and their odds would go yeah. down. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're looking now. But obviously that changes when everything comes out and the odds will, will adjust, obviously, too. But my my two that I will be placing futures on. And when I'm talking futures, I think I'm talking final four. I don't know that I'll take a, a natty future, but I love taking the sweet 16 and the final four elite eight futures. Huh. Um, especially if you see like a like a Michigan State get it get it they love ten seeds I feel like you know taking yeah. a Michigan taking a Michigan State to make the Sweet Sixteen you'll get some value there. A couple of years yeah, ago Syracuse sure. Syracuse got a ten seed they were the best scoring team in the country so for me that was an easy play because there was they were like three to one four to one to make the Sweet Sixteen and. To me, on paper, they were better than 
either team that they would play. Yeah, wh- whoever their two seed was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so my two right now that I will be taking Elite Eight Final Four Futures on are UConn and Kansas State. Yeah. I I've was, seen I... more from them over the last three or four weeks than just about anyone I've watched. I'll always be high on Baylor, but I don't think the value's there. And I don't know. I I think this I think UConn has been brewing for a couple of years, but they haven't made the real push. And I think this year they make a push and maybe get back to the final four. Yeah, my my next team I was gonna say was UConn. So I wholeheartedly agree. I think this this could be their they have the pedigree. This could be their year that they get it done. And I don't know. I, I, I like that. And I would just throw it just another one. Look at like, I would look at Texas maybe to win, like I already said for them to win the big 12, but obviously the odds haven't come out. If they're like third or fourth best odds, like if they put TCU ahead, like, I think that's some set because Baylor will probably, you know what I mean? Getting Texas at like whatever plus 600 to win the big 12 tournament or something like that, I feel like is, <laughs> it's going to be solid. Hey, We'll see though. It's we still have we're recording this premature to when the odds come out, so it could our tune could change too. Yeah, we'll uh we'll jump back in and maybe get Beach back in here ahead of conference tournament, conference tourney time. Yeah, um, especially or ahead of before all like the the big dogs get in there. Start yeah, playing. So yeah, that was we. I know we we wanted to get uh, one out there before just to. Just as like a little season recap, a little feeler. And uh no feeler, yeah. we're, feeler we're getting out. into the nitty, we're getting into the nitty-gritty in the next week and a half. So everything's yeah. everything's coming full circle. Chickens are coming home to roost. And uh, yeah, we'll get back, we'll get back with uh conference tourney takes right. next week. Your samples. Yeah. All right. Kirk Cousins had a good year. Quavo gets cooking.